You got the link? Della knows how to do it, I think. You know how to do it? Oh, it's another podcast. So, it's a porcupine and facts experience. Welcome. I hear that. That's why I'm trying to get y'all before y'all all fall asleep. Well, they're loading up on the bus and they're heading back. Like she stated, they were on their feet all day. We have other stuff that we can rock and roll a bit while they try to get themselves in place. Uh, they went up to Albany. A lot of people up there today. Uh, I got another colleague up there named Ralph. He's up there. He went with the school. He went up there with the school. So each person, let me tell you, don't think that the legislators ain't working. You know, they, they got got hundreds uh, of people coming up there and they all pulling in. Everybody's got something they want. Facts experience. And you gotta stay on top Welcome. of it. And you know that transparency thing, you just wanna know what is really being said, who's lobbying them. They could be against your best interest. So if you're not involved, you could be a victim of not knowing. You know, you wanna know how things must be done. Talking about, you know, and this is one of the ways you can be a part of what's taking place. You know, having colleagues go up. We used to go up to construction and lobby. It's going to be interesting how, you know, some of the years I would go up there. It's another podcast of the Porcupine and Fashion Experience. But they don't know everything. You may have people that are experts in one thing, this is Bolivia to another, but they have a vote. So you got to really work. While we wait, we have a short conversation. This is We are going to uh, allow her to. Uh, 
log on. We're going to send her an invitation. You're going to send your invitation to log in. You're going to answer that. I don't know how to do it. Invite. Well, we got one coming in. Invite is coming in. We sent an invite. Oh, Let's see. It's another podcast of the Porcupine and Invite Experience. Welcome. Well, Cassidy, we're trying to get you in. Just give me a second or two. I did send you the invite. Looking good. Uh, let's go. In. Invite as a person. But nevertheless, we're going to get you there. Invite, I invite you. Oh, it's I another podcast of the Porcupine and Facts Doctor. Experience. Welcome. Uh, okay. We'll unmute you. I don't know about phone. Cassie, see if your phone is muted. Because I got you clear. You look like you're muted. Give me a minute. You want to find out what's happening. You are in the studio, but I think your phone could be you. This is the Facts of the Porcupine Podcast. We got a lot of, got a good opportunity. Oh, it's another podcast of the Porcupine and Facts Experience. Welcome. I can hear you. Hello. Cassidy? How's you guys doing? Oh, hello? Can you well, hear us? Turn now? up your turn up your volume. You're on the studio. You're inside the Facts in the Porcupine Podcast Studio. So welcome everyone. Stephanie and whoever else. Cassie Miss Fadden. Hello. How you guys doing? How was your day? Turn your volume up. We were just up at Albany. Uh, I don't know why the volume isn't good. I got it all the way up. Okay. Well, let me see if I can do something on my end. How about that? Okay, I hear you better now. Our connection isn't so great. That's fine. Well, let's get right down to it. You guys left at 4 o'clock in the morning, and and we got to let you all know that that's a big round of applause for that. And Hey, round of applause. Who did you meet? Okay, so who was your first meeting with, and why did you go to Albany? There's a lot of people listening. Break it down. You sound great. All right, yeah, so my name is Stephanie Edmonds. I'm here uh, with Casey, and we went up to Albany so we could meet with our state reps and let them know how they should vote on bills. Because I know a lot of people are under the impression if you go out and vote in you know November, whatever the date is, first Tuesday in November, that you're doing your civic duty. But I have news for you. That is just the start. 
of your civic duty. There's another 360 days out of the year, and many of those days, the people who Well, let, let's hold up a little bit because you're breaking up a little. So let's go slowly, and, um, and we'll repeat it. But it's trying to get it. Because I know you're coming from Albany, and you're going to be traveling because it happens to me. So you stated that everybody should exercise their civic duties by getting involved. Is that what I got the first half? Hello? Um, yeah, I didn't exactly hear your question. Sorry, I don't know how our, I mean, it says that we got full bars here. I don't know what's up with the connection. Well, we, we, well, um, we come out of Albany, so sometimes when I drive up and down, it does that. But what I, what I mentioned was what I heard from you, you went up to exercise your civic duty as a voter, as somebody that's concerned yes. citizen. Am I wrong? Okay. Yes, and exactly. With the, so we went up there to go meet with our lawmakers and let them know how they should vote on various bills, particularly concerning medical freedom, medical choices, uh, parents making choices for their children. And, um, you know, I focus a lot on education. So I personally met with a lot of people on the education council. Okay. What, what are the topics that you was concerned about with respect to education, if you can just let the listeners know? So I think the number one thing that I'm pushing and I'm talking to a lot of legislators about is get a ball path requires schools to you, you broke up a little bit. Okay, so one of the issues that you were talking about was getting involved with what again? Can you Can you just say it again? I'm sorry was in-person schooling right since since okay. the pandemic it, since the pandemic mm -hmm. you know they've been doing a lot of this stuff where they say oh it's a snow day so we're gonna have virtual oh it's windy we're gonna have a virtual day but really that means that kids just miss a day of school and it doesn't right. get made up like a snow day they get made up but these virtual days are just lost days and right. so we want to see um, the funding tied to 180 in-person school days, no virtual days count. Okay. Now, you may, that's something that I was concerned about, and I did make a, uh, I went to the um, District 15 um, meeting they had at Borough Hall recently, and I'm just fed up. I haven't met none of my, my son's teachers. It's a, it's a PTA, you know, you know how it's parent teachers night? We Normally we would go up. They would see who we are. We would see who they are. None of that. It's all virtual. So I, I'm, I'm on that with you. And give me another one that you were concerned about with the schools. Uh, so another one that we're supporting is no mandatory COVID shots. So there's a bill out there right now that's aimed at college students and employees. Mm -hmm. um, so it can make it so that they cannot force those people to get COVID shots. Uh, we don't think that the COVID vaccine has or it hasn't proven to stop transmission of the virus. It's shown to have a very bad um, what is it, side profile that a lot of people are being impacted by and nobody should be forced to take a shot in order to go to college or to take a job. Right, right. So basically, 
for the audience because it's a little breaking up, but I'm hearing a clearly in and out because they're traveling, ladies and gentlemen. So one of the other bills that you guys went up there and was lobbying for is no more COVID mandated COVID shots. Is That's for employees and for students because is it, was the colleges mandated to take, take shots before or is this something new? So, yeah, right now, this is just like, this is actually a piece of legislation that would just like mm -hmm. get in a possible thing for the future. Um, I don't know if anybody like actually trying to meet now, though I do know that in colleges, still actually in place and there are still people right, right. for uh, those would just basically okay. make all that go away. All right, so that sounds great. So the vaccine mandate, there's a bill out there that is going to be mandating folks that attend any state, city, college, school, you must have a COVID vaccine shot, basically. Okay, I got a trick question. Did you meet only Democrat representatives or you met Republicans and Democrats? Hello. They may be going through a uh, a dead spot on the bus, but we're still talking. So so far they're on the bus, hopefully and praying that they get back safe. So that particular individual, she was focusing on education. So she spoke with the education committee. They uh they don't want any more mandate for COVID shots, whether it be school preschool, high school, teachers, employees, from what I got out of that individual. And there's an issue with in-person. You know, it's, what are we in, three years of COVID? People have their different opinions about it. There's no in-person communication conversation. If it's a snow day, they're home. People want to get rid of the virtual. I, I stand to be corrected, but I, hopefully that I, I, I got a little bit of that, what she was concerned about. No good? And as I stated, they're on a bus and they had a long day and I'm going to try to get Mrs. That was Stephanie. And we, we trying to get Cassidy on and see what's going on. I'm going to communicate through the phone. Hey, how you guys doing? She was really great. You want to come on next? And um, so this is the facts in the porcupine podcast. So today actually was, it was a big lobby day. I got some other friends up there and they are, definitely up there and i guess ralph was there for the education committee because he went up there with um uh let me see what ralph went up there for because he gave me his information he went with success academy so i'm going to try to hit him up and um but this is the facts in the porcupine podcast and what you do when you do go up to lobby day and i and i gotta commend these folks because they got on that bus at four o'clock in the morning they made another stop in manhattan from what i understand and they continued on up to albany and here's the trek coming back and we don't and we and we got a little rainy weather now a little slippery so we want the driver to drive safe and get them all back and um and safely and and it was it was an action-packed day from what i'm getting out of them and let me see if Cassidy is able to come back or if there's a dead zone on their phone. Let's get a little call in on them and see how they're making out.
and see what's happening because it's tough coming out of the um coming from up from Albany. It's a quiet. How's it going? She was sounding great. For some odd reason, you guys are not being heard. Are you passing a dead zone driving? So, and you know, we won't, you know, press it too hard. Anybody else that wants to come in the studio is more than welcome if you're coming out of Albany, New York. So this is the Facts and the Porcupine Podcast. This is, a, you know, one of the things that we're doing. There was a bus ride organized, organizers are returning home from a long day at the legislature. You got the state senators, you got the legislators, and they open up the Albany, the, the, you know, the, you got the governor up there as well. You know, the governor's mansion's right there. And I think they might have been doing a lot of lobbying in the egg. You know, that's a big, huge building where a lot of folks will go. And, you know, and let me just explain something. There's so many legislators, so they had to really organize themselves. Who's going to speak to this person? Who's going to go to this person? Who's going to present this um, concern to another one? So they broke it up into, I guess, and I, I'm not sure, but the way we used to do it, we had a group called the Interesting Contractors. We were in construction. And there were so many things that wasn't being done, bills that was either working against our better good or there was bills that didn't have anything in that bill for the better good. So we went up there. We had, um, I think it was a 10-point type of um, white paper. And the young lady that did that white paper name was Pat Williams. If you ever need a really good white paper, she's available to assist you with that. Well, she assists us with ours. Didn't really charge us anything. And um, we're so grateful for that. And, you know, your mayor today was the one that we presented that white paper to. We gave it to all the legislators. At that time, Eric was a senator. And I think he might have been a senator or a state legislator. It's a little different. You know, it's like the city council, you know, and all that. So we wrote a white paper. We had our appointments to each representative. And let me let you know something, ladies and gentlemen. You don't get a lot of time to sit with them unless there's a bill that they are presenting and pushing through and they will use the constituents to really hammer it home and they go and they speak to their other, you know, they try to pull people along, you know, who's gonna carry this bill? What does this bill do? And I hope they're um, really passing bills. And let me explain something, every district is not the same. So you may have a vote coming from a guy he may have a bill out there or a guy or a lady or a guy or a girl, a, a senator or whatever, and they may have a bill that may not work for the next constituent district. So, I mean, if I'm in Bed-Stuy and, and my neighboring council person is going to pass some kind of legislature that's not right for my district, that's when the, the negotiation, that's when the leverage and all of that has to come in. You need somebody up there that's not going to go along to get along you know you gotta you know you know like you know an independence you know they have a lot to say so this you know it's a great great opportunity for people to meet one another you know to get involved we got a presidential election coming down the line um you know we had a governor was removed out of new york state excuse me about that the governor was removed now we have the first female i believe governor I think she's doing a fairly good job after coming in. You know, remember when it was she came in at the pandemic? Um, remember that rent assistant money was being held up. Soon as she got in, boom, got it going. And there was some pushback on that Buffalo Bill Stadium. 
in a roundabout way. I'm a Jet fan, so but the Bills have been winning. They just got they just got kicked out of the playoffs again, but they've been uh, a team to reckon with. They needed a new stadium, so people wasn't happy with that. Upstate always was catering to downstate, as one had said in the past. So you know, it's a tough state to run. It's an expensive state to live in, and these folks have went up to Albany with the concerns and they come in good faith. You know, they got the voting power. You know, you, you know, you, you can, you can't just say, I'm not going to hear you out. I'm not going to listen. I'm going to, I'm going to pay attention to all these things that are taking place. And, and it's important. And I, and I, you know, I don't want to keep them on for a long time. They, they must've, if you, if they needed to meet the bus at four, they had to be up at two. You know how women could be getting ready. I know they had to pack a little something. You know, it was a big day. Normally when I drive, when I go up to Albany, I've been going up to Albany for the Black Caucus, for the con. It was like Fridays, you know, you got, you, and you got to be careful driving up. I would be ready right after work, have my bag packed. It was a three-day blockbuster weekend, and a lot of people go up to party, you know, you know, you know, um, lobby and do things like that but when i would go up i would take my work that i had on deck to finish because it's like you're going to be gone for three or four days and normally you would do work so you got to really be ready and then they didn't stay over they're heading back so that's a really really long day for them and you know on your feet you got to make sure you eat you know you know we we need to get our young and I hope and pray, and hopefully they can get back on, that they did have a nice group. The young lady that was on, Stephanie, I think her name, um, she sounded very great about what she knew. She knew what she wanted to talk about. She went up for education. So the bus had multiple different um, type of um, organizations and people that went up with their own concerns. You know, and Albany could be a tough town. You know what I mean? You got to really, really stay on them because, you know, these vaccine mandates have been a problem for many people. Um, it's a tough, it's, it's very difficult. I mean, it's to each his own. Um, you know, a lot of people who normally don't take drugs, I'm, I've never taken anything, you know, and, you know, I did take the vaccine. I'm open and honest about that because my sister got sick. She wind up in the hospital when they shut the hospitals down. And I thank God that, um, and then I'm protesting, I'm doing all of this. I'm, I'm all out there. And I got sick in September. I could have been the first patient. I probably would have went to interfaith because I was really scared. And that shit was no joke. And, and, and even despite that she's up there and she's lobbying against mandates, China just made a whole new, new COVID uh, variant, another fucking around with this stuff. They don't need to be meddling with, we. I, I know it's biological warfare. And that's my personal view. I mean, anything that can kill that many people, man-made and created in another, and it's a communist country, we got to pay attention to this. And if it does start to spread, we got to shut this border down. And then you got a bigger problem because you got all this immigration up here coming and crossing the border. And if one person gets sick, you can wipe out. Despite people may not want to take the shot, that's their business. That's what they, they have a right. 
And if you mandate it, you know, it'll probably make it to the Supreme Court because they're going to fight that. And, you know, you know, you know how that goes. And the teachers were and teachers, firemen, a lot of them were very, very adamant about not taking the shot. So that's what she did. And in person, remote learning, not helping. Like I said, I didn't meet my son's children. You get a PT, you get a parent conference meeting on a platform and you get 10 seconds to speak to the teacher. <laughs> what if your kid is having trouble in school? So this is one of the things, and that's why if you want something done, if you need change, you want to be heard, you go where they work. And nine out of 10, and most of the time, is up at Albany. And for those that didn't give these people an appointment, for whatever reason, they're going to be coming to your office from what I'm, I'm understanding because I know Mrs. M Ms. M Cassie McFadden, she's not going to just play around. If there's something that's beating her bird and she wants to make something change because we, I met Mrs. McFadden through the People's Committee to save interfaith. All I did was sign a petition when they were trying to close the hospitals that the mayor was de Blasio and they closed that one hospital. They took that building, but now they built NYU. That's all the way down at Atlantic Avenues. Way you take Atlantic Avenue all the way down, you'll see a brand new hospital that replaced one that was there. So it's a grab land. You know, it's it's, it's what it is. And most of the institutions like NYU, Columbia, Mount Sinai, you know. Uh, you know, these big time Manhattan hospitals would never, 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 never come into Brooklyn the way they are now because that borough is changing. But there was a surplus, $8 billion Medicaid money. So it became attractive, you know, and, and then also you can get better care because, you know, we had issues with the hospitals in Brooklyn, the services, how they're run, you know, who's in charge, transparency. You name it, nepotism, all of these things that was taking place was un, you know, was, you know, we, we, we brought it to the forefront and they want to close some institutions. And, you know, you know, another organization that was running hospitals out in Long Island, I think North Shore, I'm not sure they wanted to come in. Then you had private investors that wanted to come in and, and, you know, we set up and let me tell you something, you, we started out with a ton of people on this, in this group. And then gradually, you're going to see the foot soldiers. You're going to see the warriors. You're going to see, because a lot of people, you know, they offer their time. Some people can't push hard the way others do. So it worked. And the group wind up narrowing down to less than 12 that really, really raised some hell. You know, Cassidy was very adamant about it. I mean, you know, when I got in, we fought. It was a four-year struggle, you know, and it was successful you know, from dormitory authority to getting services and, you know, just having a hospital in Brooklyn, you know, and it is what it is, you know. Um, so that's great. They should be heading. Hopefully I'm going to text them one time, see if they want to come back on. They may be tired. We may want to let them, you know, um, get a good rest. I know they're not driving, but and then the reception could be the issue. So let me just text one more time and see if that's the fact and see what's happening. I'll try to call one more time. I, mean, I probably can't call because they're on this call, but I'll text them and find out what's up.
Hey, are you guys good? Ready to take a nap? I wanted to hear what you went up for, Cassie, and then we can call it a do. But I appreciate you guys doing it. So all in all, um, I hope I'm gonna make sure I'm yeah, I'm good. You know, I can, all my systems on this end is good. And my other colleague went up there. His name is Ralph. And we want to see what Ralph is up to. Uh, he's heading back. Um, Ralph should have had the link. And um, we, 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 I'm going to tell him, hey, we're live and there's a couple of buses heading back. I wanted to know if you wanted to log on and come into the studio and tell us why you went up there. We just spoke to a woman that was dealing with the education forum. And you said you went up there for education. So, yeah, this is the Facts in the Porcupine podcast. Um, you know, lobby day up in Albany. Oh, and it's really getting heated because the legislation let it, they all go on recess, some of them. And you know what we did crazy? It doesn't matter what party you in because there's two sides up there. You got the Republican, the Democrats, you got the independents, and you got all these lobbyists up there. I may head up to Albany if the funds are right, just to go up there for one day to caucus weekend. I was, I was being like when we went up there with our bill, with our white paper, with our concerning contractors, which were six of us. And I know, and I vividly remember Daryl Towns giving us a meeting. I remember Eric Adams uh, when he was a state senator. We met with him. We met with, oh uh, my God, Ruth Hasselpenny Thompson out of Queens. We met with a ton of people. But I said to these guys, we just going to one side, the Democrat. We talking to them, you know, we doing that. So I went to the Republican side of the state in Albany on the state, and they looked at me like, what the hell is this guy doing? I mean, at that time, you had the gentleman named Bruno. Joe Bruno, he was in charge. That's Patterson era. Before that, you had uh, the governor. You had you had Cromo's father as a governor. You had Pataki. And I believe after Pataki, it was Patterson. David Patterson gave us a lot of assets, um, access to the to the legislator. They were animate about changing some things. Even and, and I gotta be honest, when you lobby, you gotta really know who you're lobbying for, what bill you're lobbying, because I felt that on one of the circumstances we were lobbying and we were all for one and one for all, they pushed in the uh, bonding, you know, a lot of lawyers who are able, because when the city and the state, and if they're funding, they use bonds. And the companies that produce these bonds and manage them, they make a ton of money. So there was a lockout from females and black and small business owners that are able to do this. And we lobbied and they fought and they wind up changing the legislation. Few guys got in because it's big, 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 big money. You know, the New York City budget is $104 billion from what I'm hearing. And who knows what the state budget is. And if you're into small business, anything you have, you gotta get up there. You gotta, you may wanna get a private meeting with them, but pitch your sale. You know, we even had classes on how to pitch to them. We didn't wanna waste their time. It had to be punked right to the point you had to have that whatever you stated if you had some type of documentation that you can leave with them offer them that was great i think now that after i started my company in 93 once i got on 
and understood what needed to be done, we've been going up to Albany on a regular basis and it gets cold. You know, you, you know, Martha Luther King daughter came up one time and said, you need to stop partying and get down to business because a lot of people come up there and it's, and it's almost like a vacation school is out. Parents are up. People are going up there to see the legislators. I think they, Oh, wow. I just dropped a bunch of cards and they go up there and um, they just unwind. But when you really, really want to get down to business, you set your appointments up, you call in advance, you, uh, you know, they're going to have the food. They're going to have all that. You know, you even I hope the Black Caucus met with them. You know, you you got some powerful people upstate that have been there. They live there and hotels are probably booked out. So normally we 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 get our hotel rooms in November for February. So and you'll have buses of people coming. Everyone is going to be up there. And this is a serious time because we have an election. We have a presidential election. And uh, I'm more than likely going to take a truck up there if I have everything all set. And, you know, it's, you know, you got Valentine's coming, you got that. But I, I, I hope everyone is resting on the bus. I hope that you guys are, you know, you know, we appreciate you guys. Um, for those who don't know, um, there's people that are really fighting for what's right. Um, we always say, if you can't do it on your own, try not to. Team up with someone. Um, get involved with a group because you can't bitch about things. You can't complain about things if you don't get involved. And you know, you got you got the council, you know, because there's a lot of new members on the council. And we're, and I'm, we're very unhappy about the construction aspect. And it just seems like I either going to, you know, sometimes when you go up there, you got a business, you open up your mouth. They will blackball you. They blackball my ass. You know, that I know that to be a fact. But I have no problems with that because we went for the good of the people. We went for the good of things that the good things that will come down the line. And education is a problem. And as she stated, even though she was breaking up, I was getting bits and pieces of it. I, 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 I have not met my son's teachers. You know, you got to get on this thing called Gold Genius. I don't even know if that's a DOE app. And you put in a time frame. You get 10 minutes. You get five minutes. What if you don't, what if you have a, a child that's not doing well? What, 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 five, a five-minute conversation ain't going to change anything. And nine out of ten, it's always good to bring the child with you. Especially if they're coming. Once they start approaching middle school parents, you got to be honest. You got different techniques of teaching. <laughs> Despite, the whole, you know, you got people's lifestyles that can affect the way they teach. You know, I went in a classroom and they had a, a, a gay flag, you know what I mean, on the desk. I don't know. I mean, if you're going to, you, you know... You know, I was, I mean, every classroom should have the American flag in it. You know, for those students that don't pledge, don't uh, uh, pledge the allegiance, I don't know if they're doing it anymore. But when you start bringing, when you start bringing your preference, your flag, your this, that's not what te that's not what you're there for. And I'm quite sure when some of them went to college, they didn't do that shit. You know, you went to college, you got your education without any interference and no, you know, no personal, you know, you know, 
conviction on, you know, why can't it be the same? You don't, you don't run things. If you work for someone, follow their rules. And we had a couple of problems at the school where people were posting banners and, you know, it was like the rainbow banner and every parents were going nuts and they had a walk, all kind of bullshit. This is middle school. So without that, you know what I mean? They're, they're on, they're in the studio. They have the opportunity to continue to talk if they like. Um, but uh, yeah, we. I'm trying to get Ralph to find out what his day was like in Albany. Let me see if he can answer because I think he's heading back right now, and he. I'm gonna put him on a speakerphone, let him know what's going on, and seeing if he's heading back or if he's taking the train back. Because I used to drive, and I drove, and I would drive with people, and then when I took the train, I'm like, this shit is perfect. I took the train in the latter part of the years, and. Um, it was the best thing for me. I mean, you get off, you take the cab to there. But one thing, when you take that train, you can't move around. So you're going to be confined with State Street, this street. You know, you're not moving around. And, and, and of course, if you're there for the conference and you're going out to all these breakout sessions, you don't really need to go too far. But if you want to have a good meal... You got to make your reservations. You got to plan. It's like it's almost like going on a vacation, going on a trip. You want to have all your incentives. You want to have, you know, if you, if you take Medicaid, you want to have everything, you know, your toothbrush, everything. But I, I'm going to go back up to the car. I want to see what it's like now. How much has it changed? Because believe it or not, you still got the same legislators up there. They keep, I don't even think their seats are turned. Those seats should be turned. I know they should be termed out. And then what they do is they'll run for the state Senate, hold that seat for a couple of years. I think they got terms. I'm not sure. And then they'll run for the state legislator, which is different, swapping seats and shit like that and things like that. But I think right now they are heading back. I'm not sure if they're done. I think they had a long day. A lot of talking. They must have they must have been talking their butt off. And um, hopefully they... Uh, things are working. Things are working for them. And this is the Facts in the Porcupine podcast. So I can really talk more to you about what we did and what you need to do if you have issues. You cannot just be someone that just complains about things. You can. But if you team up with your fellow constituents, fellow neighbors, you know, and, and and present your concerns. Because now with the war, there was a protest in front of Barrel Hall recently, like three, three and a half weeks ago, not even. And they got wind of a meeting. It was an educational forum. It was uh, District 15. They met at the Barrel Hall, been doing it for the longest time. And what happens on those meetings, people of concern like, congressperson for that district, the state legislator, the city council person. So these protesters that are protesting against the war in Gaza, they got wind of that. And the bullhorns that they had, you can hear from miles away. And while the meeting was taking place, they were right at the window. And the building is kind of soundproof to a degree. And I, I, you know, asked questions, did that, that, that episode was censored. It's, you know, there was a lot taken off because I think what the platform did, once they announced the next protest, once they announced how to support them, 
give money. I got censored. But there's another group called the Gray Zone, and he happens to be Jewish. And he is going all in on this war, and they haven't took him down yet. So selective criticism, you know how that goes. Um, I don't own the platform, so I need to be careful. But I was kind of, as a new podcaster, it taught me something. And we do have a war going on. So I guess when you're in the military, because what I was told by a veteran, once war breaks out, communications, everything, letters, everything, the government goes into another phase of, um, you know, they just isolate them from, you know, any kind of information, disinformation, you name it. And I guess when we're at wartime, not us in particular, but we're aiding that war. And now we're striking Yemen. They didn't, you know, I guess they felt that they didn't want to incite nothing. I don't want to be involved with anybody coming off this platform and getting encouraged to do something and start some kind of unfortunate incident that I could not never live with. And I don't want that. And it was fair that, you know, I took it with a grain of salt because it was a 45 minute conversation that was reduced to like even 16 minutes or whatever. So I knew when I went back to listen to it that I wanted to hear how it sound. I said, wait a minute, I was talking. I don't hear this. So they censored it. So yeah, that's how it goes. But when you want to lobby, it's techniques. You know, if, for instance, if you got 25 people and you have more than three different topics, you may want to break it down into little team groups. And I guess that's what they did. You know, the classic means of lobbying and, 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 and presenting the case. So everyone, you don't miss out making that journey. They have tons of people coming. It's always good to try to get an appointment in. That's a lot more formal. It's not. You know, if they get an idea that you're coming, certain groups are very aggressive. So they try to, you know, it's, it's you know, it's, it is what it is. And then others are not. Um, you may not want to support a bill. You may threaten to not vote for them again. And um, yeah, and we got a governor's race. I'm definitely going to be up at Albany because we got a presidential election down the pipe with primary going on. You got Tom Swazi trying to win back that seat he left, he vacant because he was done, and Santos got it. They expelled him. He's in a tight, tight race with a female out of Queens. I don't get the name right. But she's if you're not talking crime reduction, you're not talking border, you're not talking this, you're not I don't care what side of the aisle you on. Everybody knows what's taking place. It's not right. You can't have them breach. You're you know, this for, for, for if you're if you're from Latin America and you're you're going to have your views, you're going to be supporting your people. But does it make it right? So no, try to be on the right side of the law and the right side of the issue. Then you have other people that they want to defund the police. I don't even think they ever did it. It was a good slogan, but we still had we had over four under fourteen hundred murders in one year by police. Crime is reduced, but police killing is up. So everyone has a passion for different things that matter, and we should be grateful for that. And here's a big round of a here's a big cheer for them for waking up so damn early in the morning. They got up there. They got up there. Yeah, so today you went up there, they're lobbying for your kids. 
They're lobbying for that. Now, not everybody that lobbies for topics may not fit other people's, you know, you know, you know, you know, like they may not be agreeable. And there's where the compromises come in. There's where that. But you can't complain if you don't make your voice heard. You cannot say much. You can. But if you're not voting, you you know, you just got to get involved and you got to make them know that you're serious about what you believe in and why you're here. And education is really a sticking point because I think people, I think the governor, did they reinstate everyone that lost their jobs? That's something I needed. You know, I'm not sure of that, but there was some type of reinstatement. I think maybe on the federal side, I'm not sure. And then, like you said, you know, you got an election coming up. You got the seats are coming up. These lot, these, these, cause these, these senators and state legislators, they really don't want too many problems with their constituents. Because if their constituents are coming up there on a constant basis and pounding through certain legislation, you know, you had the woke movement, you know, everybody want to be included. So everyone has something that they feel needs to be addressed. And if you make that pitch, and a lot of times certain legislators may not know you could you could sit on a committee but don't have the expertise and it's like that and what i know in construction there's not a goddamn person i'm uh, that really knows on that city council they have no freaking clue you know you take the money from these special interest groups you take the money and you are bought and sold once you know it's like shirley chisholm they're doing a big Recreation Center on behalf of Shirley Chisholm, the first black female candidate to run for president. I could be wrong, but I think, what did she say? Unbought and I'll get it. I'm gonna remember. So here's a, a project in Flatbush, the highest unemployment district in the United States. And I stand to be corrected. They call a meeting, a, a, a MWBE outreach meeting. It was packed on Nostrand Avenue. Never forget it. This past Thursday, Nostrand and Snyder somewhere over there. Heart of, the, heart of the black community. Heart of the Haitian community. Heart of the Carrillo. Heart, heart, heart in Brooklyn. And you building a $130 million goddamn recreation center with a swimming pool and all that. But if you price the people out of Brooklyn, out of the state, special interest really knows how to use your tax dollars because they know we're not, they got long-term plans. So here we go to this meeting and we're all thinking that they're going to talk to us about how to get an opportunity. And like I said, it was packed. Not everybody's going to be fortunate enough, but they it, we call it the horse and the horse and pony show. A little bit of bagels, give you a little coffee, a little fruit, and they talk shit and nobody knows. Basically, the question that I ask, and I'm known for asking not troublemaking questions. You called us at this meeting. Meet the prime, meet the contractors. It almost felt like they wanted us to meet each other. No, you hold the contract. You have the contract. Once they start doing this kind of shit after the fact, 
No kickoff meeting for small business for MWB should ever take place once after they start bidding out these jobs. Once you start the process of allowing people to bid on these contracts, you're supposed to reach out to that community. This elected official that showed up there, not only did she said, oh, I had another engagement. You got a $130 million freaking construction job in your district. And you showed up late. I'm talking extremely late. She didn't even want to ask a question. You couldn't ask her a goddamn question. I met her Steve Stab. She said a 20-second boom, and that was it. That shit is unacceptable. Totally unacceptable. And you know damn well they got paid. They either supported her campaign. How do they select these companies? And then you put us up against the companies. The city's not in the states. They're not, they're not following through with these bids. They're not making sure that these small businesses, I don't care what color you are, white, black, female, they're not making sure we getting paid. They're not making sure that this playing field is fair. When you use the word fair, it's like, ah, you want everything fair. Fuck that. Excuse my language. I've been at this for a minute. There's no way in the hell you should have a construction project going in your district and you have one kickoff meeting. And the kickoff meeting you had, you had already started hiring companies. Not every minority contractor or not every female, not every certain people do certain things. And when you're building a building of 130 million, there's going to be certain trades that's going to get these jobs. And they're, oh, it's PLA. It's fucking union. And they're dishonest. They lied. They didn't do the right thing. People that work for the city, and you know that old famous construction company, 102 years, McKissick and McKissick, they are on that job again. So what the city's got and the state's got, we got a problem. And we're calling for the abolishment of the MWBE program. It's It ran its course. It's, it has too many faults to the progress to get into that to be making it equity. Now, you know what they do? They change the name, equity, all this bullshit. It's the same shit. We're not getting any business. I think when you, you know, I don't even go around saying I'm a black owned business. That's not how you do business. You're a CEO. You're an owner of a company. You happen to be black, minority, or female. Who cares? But when you label the shit and you got other people that don't even want the program to even grow to be anything it's back they buy you off they give you money and they set you and they put you off and you don't get shit. when these elected officials are taking money from these developers when these elected officials are taking money from the union it's fine it's quite all right because they are lobbying you but the black and the latino and the small business community has seemed to be have not gotten it to the point where that we are taken serious. The city budget is $104 billion. Year after year after year after year after year, the numbers for the MWBE, small minority business, white females, is horrible. It's disgraceful. But the people out of that bunch that are getting the work, they claim it's the white females because 51% 
that means you can have somebody else. If you want to get certified, this should be 100% ownership of a company. This 5149 bullshit, listen, they outsmart us. They do it all the time. And that's why you got people going up there to the legislature, going up there lobbying, going up there making sure that their eyes and ears are on the post. They're watching what happened. They're presenting what happened. And then if not, they get angry enough to know that they'll swave your vote. They'll, they, you know, so this is what it is. And this is the facts in the Porcupine Podcast. We were fortunate enough to get a Get a cup. That everybody's on that cup. Sleeping. As we bring this down. They're sleeping. They're resting. The driver had his rest while they were out there lobbying. They hopefully they uh, hydrated. Everybody's okay. Coming back. Uh, as always, we, we, we support what's good. Um, and you know, you got people that are worried about the environment. What do they do? They go up to the Albany and they lobby. You got people like myself that are minority contractors. What do we do? Oh, we it's another part of the And it's really, you and have to do experience. that. You know, Welcome. you got these guys getting, you know, listen, squeaky wheel gets the oil, whatever the case may be. You know, you got to be on them. You got to be on them. There's a lot of things that are affecting people. And there was a bill. See, what I asked, I asked our state legislators, Deputy Zimmerman, to come on and explain this marijuana law. We don't want to know, you know, the licensing, I'm not concerned about that. I'm talking about what? There was a city council guy three or four years back, passed the law, you can't smoke while you're walking. There's supposed to be designated areas in public where you are supposed to stand there and smoke. You're not supposed to smoke on the train. You're not supposed to do none of this shit. And I was oh, always saying to another podcast, if they never said pine and facts experience, welcome. So I wanted to bring her on about the marijuana bill. I wanted to bring her on about that mental health bill that the governor just put in there. I, I don't know if it took care of it. Good place. You know, kick in. There's a bunch of things. You know, yeah, they got their newsletter. Yeah, they got, you know, no. Come on, a podcast. And even host your own podcast if you're elected official. You know, and let the people come. The mayor's got his podcast. It's like getting stuff done. I don't know if he's going to allow somebody to come on and ask me questions, questions. But it seemed like the one that I got on, I was concerned about the candidates. And when I was listening, it was one of the employees of his administration talking. And you know, there's so oh, It's another here. podcast of the Porcupine and so facts experience. We talking too. Will New York City become a Republican? You have a Republican governor? The last time New York City had a Republican governor, they had a Democratic mayor. The last time they had a Democratic mayor, I think they had a Democratic governor. And I think at one time, they had a Republican mayor, Republican governor. 
not sure. That's something y'all can call, put in the chat, correct me on which I, I stand to be corrected. I'm not, this is my opinion. This is the fast report of my podcast. Everybody that comes on is not paid constituents. Nobody, we don't pay anybody, you know. We don't do none of that. We just, you know, even sometimes you may have to get to the to do We got a lot of people journey to occupy occupational therapists, you know, psychiatrists, you know, they got on to tell us what this is short conversation. It's the lunchtime break. This is the Facts of Porcupine podcast. We are here. They're all coming back from Albany. We appreciate them going up there lobbying and having their voices heard. Um, there's going to be a couple of white papers written about getting that. And hopefully, there, you know, we can, lunch, you know, maybe tomorrow we can follow up with them and the people that come back. They got to be tired. got to be worn out, talked out, worked out. But on behalf of everybody, that is somebody that cares about other people. We want to thank you guys for going up to oh, all that. We want to thank you guys for concerned about the issues and, and letting us Welcome. be aware of the issues. Because it is an issue with school. There's a big background of course for them as well. What we did today, I want to thank our elected officials and our, you know, it's, 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 you know, there's other states that, you know, we're a sanctuary city. So there's pressure on this state. There's funding that's being used. And so a lot of people are not happy. You know, a lot of people, I mean, my friend is telling me that the migrants out in Ellis Island is parking Mercedes and all kind of luxury cars in front of this shelter that they're in. How the fuck they get the money that quick? Where are they getting the money? And they're claiming it's cartel, you know? It is what it is. You know, that's what makes the world go round. Different opinions, people. But at the same time, and, and, and you know what's sad too? If you got other people I think everybody's grabbing. You know, you can complain about this not being done. You complain about that not being done. Nepotism. You know, will we ever get back to this honest, straight-up business? And then not to say that it's not happening, but it's more. You see these buildings going up. You see who's working on these jobs. You see it. You see it. The Venezuelans. All of them. You see it. And then there's some kind of thing that Obama did where if you came in with a 500,000 or something, built the construction, you the people that work on your job can get citizenship, some shit. I'm not clear on it, but I do know there's something going on like that. And it can be frustrating for people who live in a state, live in a country, playing it by the rules. Taxes are ridiculous. People want to leave the city because of the taxes. This is the one. This city used to be, a, I think, the seventh most expensive city. Now it's two, or behind California. We got the most millionaires, from what they're saying, in New York, millionaires and billionaires, and it is what it is. You know, you got so much happening. You got the. Inspector General, you know, you got the Trump case in New York. You got you got a ton of shit going on. You know, people were advocating against criminal justice reform. You know, wrongful conviction. Somebody just got let out of prison again. The detective was lying. They should, oh my God. 
But this is the facts in the Porcupine Podcast. And I think our ladies have taken a break. And, you know, we welcome everyone. And it was a wonderful, wonderful opportunity for me to even get some insight on how their day went, even though it was short-lived. And um, But it's all in all, this is the facts in the Porcupine Podcast. We hail out of Brooklyn, New York, the United States of America. Your host is Reginald Sweeney. We want to thank everyone. We are heading towards 4,000 4, downloads, 1,000 listeners, crazy amount of growth. It's actually getting out of control. Uh, you know, I, I do have a job, and, uh, you know, this is a good thing. Anybody can be a podcaster. Just try to be as honest as possible. Have a clean platform. Don't let anybody troll your platform. And you you have an ultimate, ultimate responsibility to be as honest as possible and worthy to doing the right thing. Uh, you know, no matter what you're into, religion, politics, you name it. But, you know, we have, we you know, we're human beings. We're here on this planet. We all got to, we're all living together, not in the same damn house. But we have to figure out. And you know what I'm getting tired of? I'm getting tired of going to different districts, different locations, different areas, and seeing how goddamn clean that is. And when I come back to Brooklyn, when I come back to certain areas of Brooklyn where black people live, disadvantaged people, Chinese, small, low income, it's a shithole. How can you be elected official? If you if any one of them walk their district. They would have to do something. Some people get immune to the shit. They just keep going and they keep making a wave. You know, I went to Sharpton's thing, you know, National Action Network, and it was a warm, beautiful day. I actually got a photograph because I did join because I want to know what's going on. And you're not going to just, you know, I wouldn't take advantage of them in respect to being there and listening and you know you know you know just asking questions about it and did not be a member because what i heard and there's a misconception about what they do and they call him a pimp they all that bullshit but i watched the people who have fought for decades and you got our young folks from all walks do they have the spine to continue the fight to get what's right. I said to a group of people, and they're mostly white and a few Indians, and they were, you know, they got out of college, the Ivy League students, fucking arrogant. And I said to them, you guys going around, you don't like the police. Nah, we don't like that. Yeah, okay, that's fine. It's cool. And um, you don't like this. And, you know, you you know, you know, got a little privilege going on, especially, the, you know, the, the one, the, the Indian young lady and the other one. There was a black sister there, too. You know, you can just tell because they all come from school, Ivy Leagues and shit like that. And, they, and then you got some that are getting married and want to have babies and, and they got a family. So their things, they look at it differently. We have a lot of lawyers, a lot of lawyers, IT guys living around. So, you know, they make, they make good money. They force that rent. But what I was telling the young folks who are living, the young adults who are living and sharing apartments, three and four in an apartment, instead of going around saying defund the police, you should be fighting for housing. Trust me, you can't do anything if you don't have a place to live. You cannot do anything if the food, you're living in the food desert. You know, it's amazing how white 
and different people and blacks, people in general, move into your neighborhood, move into a district, and they go, how come this is like this? Why is this like that? And then you get, the, the, the riff is, when different people move in, shit starts to change. They're doing something. You're fixing the road. So it's almost like, how dare you let our privileged white brothers and sisters live this way? But yet it's okay for us to live that way. And a lot of it is on us. There's no way in the world, if I do get in a race again and run again, that I'm going to allow Nostrand Avenue and other areas in the neighborhood stay filthy ass dirty. If I have to go and I do it anyway, shovel the bus stops with a damn shovel myself, I'm doing it. Anytime around where I'm at, especially the curb where people go, we have a school across the street, you can't have that iced up. How are the children getting across the street? So your civic duty is to participate, chip in. It's not a big deal. It's not going to hurt you. It's not going to bend your pride. Sanitation ain't doing it. Maybe they're overwhelmed. Maybe they, we lost a lot of people in the pandemic. And a lot of people that had retirement aspirations and they were close and they, and they had the years, they took it. Because the fear of consistently and continually to work and get sick or, or lose your life. You work 35 years, you work 20 years, you work 40 years. The city, you know, and people want a lot more. You know, you get to a point, you know, you know the, the action pack and the running and the gunning and who the hell want to be sleeping in their bed and a fucking stray bullet comes through the window. You know, a lot of stuff. So the city is struggling, but the budget is a lot of money. It's a lot of money. And then the president, I mean, not the president, the mayor just vetoed solitary confinement. And then there was another issue about the body cams that they're claiming that the officers don't want to write their report. Half of them can't fucking write. Not everybody's got a college degree. They may forcing them to, but you don't want to, you know, when they argue, the mayor vetoed this, the city council saying they're going to read it. It's a lot of struggle going on. It could be just politics. This show, one side got to show that they care. The other side got to show that they don't care. The other side, you know, they may have cut the deal already. You know, back in the days, they were complaining about Albany doing backdoor deals. You know? But at the same time, it's tough. And you got to really, if your vote means that much to you, then you should want to know who's in the race, why they're running, what are they talking about. And another thing, people have been winning these city council seats and seats in general with nothing. They haven't done shit. It's like the president. Trump wasn't a politician. I don't think you need a politician to do things right. You just need, if you're going to tell me, and that's why that guy, what's his name? Gate, Matt Gate, who they claim had relationships with young girls and all that bullshit. And, he, and, and then you got the smear tactic. You know, Nancy Pelosi does a good, she tells you just how they fucking operate up there. Um, you know, you just got to stay on them. You just can't. You're going to run for public office. The, fifth, the, the uh, million dollar question is, what did you do before? And this guy who won the 36th district, other folks in other districts, first timers, won it without even being going to the community board. Because they see, they said that they can outwork 
the establishment. I was in a gender race, even though I came in last. And ranked choice voting is bullshit. That's all I'm saying. And one of the states got ranked choice voting for a presidential election. Un, really, amazing. You know, so I have a video as I get better at this of a British guy in Britain who stated that when you give every candidate the same exact money, and why should they give money? They give campaign finance so nobody gets the idea of doing anything corrupt. But you still have people getting in trouble with that. And in Britain, what he was saying, if you, what, who needs a million dollars to be spent in a local race? You look at every voter, you look at the voting roll, how many times, how many people voted, put for every constituent, what will it take to reach them, whether it be social media or you name it. But why are you allowing them? You when you when you and then campaign finance has some bullshit. Because if you're just an average Joe, you can't you can't get on. They're giving away taxpayers' money, and whatever amount of money you raise, they should match it. Some people are not going to be getting this big time lobby money. They may not want it. So whatever money you raise or you put in your campaign, they should match it. I said to them in the last race that I was involved, the first one, that I can beat them with 10000 under. And they put a million dollars in that race. They, they, for every voter, they spent $4,000 just to, the mailing, the letters. You know what it's like when you come home and you see nothing but palm cards constantly. Shit. More, they repeat it and they pound it. They pound it. They pound it. They keep sending you. They keep sending you. Before you know it, you got a garbage bag full of advertisement. Do you know who makes all the money? The printers. As I look for something that is highly important, so we can end this. This is the Facts in the Porcupine podcast. It is something that was said that bothered me, and I, you know, it starts out by demonizing a person. Then they'll smear you, right? They'll do a little smear tactic. You need that little smear. And once it hits the airways, from what she's saying, it becomes, it, it becomes, it takes its own life on its own. So you can say something untruth about somebody. Say that, put it out there, and it just runs. And nobody gets in trouble. So you can distort somebody's platform, distort their, um, distort their whole character, destroy their character, 
could be a bogus lie. And when I heard that, I'm like, did they do that shit to Trump? How do you know what you're hearing is true? How do you know that the news that you're receiving is coming from somebody, a reputable source? How do you know that? It's very difficult. And it's even more heart-wrenching when you hear a, a spin or someone making an allegation or saying something and you don't get your researches right. They have a platform and this shit is not true. You know, you can hurt somebody's career, family, and then when you make allegations and accusations, I always say, why haven't they sued this person? And the freedom of speech, it could be in muddy water. I mean, you just said something about somebody that is totally untrue. And I think somebody's taken on the view. He filed a complaint because they said something about this guy. I think it was a singer or something. He just said, hell with it. I'm going to sue them. Let them prove that I'm wrong. And, you know, they have to, they, I don't know if they settled out of court or if it's still something that they're working on to resolve. But I do know this. The smear tactic degrade you and then let it hit the airways and it can really make it can really put damage on you and uh, a lot of people are being caught out there with that and obviously I didn't find what I wanted to find and it's a diversion tactic that I'm looking for it was coming out of the speaker's mouth let me see if I can really find it while we have time, I'm trying to see if Ralph is going to make his way on the platform, giving him a little more time. I know everybody's probably coming back. And if, you, if you're really coming back and if you drove out, I used to drive to Albany, ladies and gentlemen. I would get to Albany in less than three hours. Trust me. I drove with a colleague who is speaking, that speaks to me. She's probably listening right now. And she could vouch for it. I don't know. She's going to come on. I, you know, normally I do a lot of stuff on my own. Like I spent, when I was going up to Albany, I was I was kind of close with another contractor and he was a Trinidadian guy. We shared a room. And all of a sudden I heard a I'm like, what the freak? So I said to this guy, did you just pass gas in the room? He said, what's wrong with that man? And not only that, he fucking holds on to the remote control to the TV as if he's at his own house. That was the last time I ever, ever stayed in a hotel room with anybody. The last time, you know, we were saving money. You know, he's my, you know, total crazy bullshit. When he did that, that was it. I never, ever, ever. I would always have my own room when I went up to Albany. And like I said, if you didn't book for that hotel now, you're not getting a room now. You may get one out outskirts or Airbnb. There's one good one up there. But my man Michael Clay, what up, Clay? You next. He was he. They're all up in Albany. They're upstate. Um, he let me stay in his home one time. It was an overnighter because that was my. I think that was my first time going up to Albany and getting involved with what was taking place. And um, you know, I was grateful for that. You know, but like I said. If you go up there and you don't take your car, you are going to be 
restricted to State Street, the egg, the, you know, because uh, you could do a lot. They got the concerts. You know, we used to never pay for the dinner, the concerts. I think they want a lot of money this year. I think they want a couple of, they're getting close. It's almost $1,000 getting up there. And I never, I got a free ticket one time to go into the concert. Because what is it? Some of the shows are, you know, they cater to the old, you know, the much mature people. They ain't going to have no no big ass um, rap group. Because the constituents that do a lot of voting, to be honest with you, are our seniors, women, and, you know, so they they're gonna have something nice and mellow for them. Then the dinner, you know, I didn't do all that. I just, you know, while that was going on, we just hang out and you try to cut deals. You try to meet people. You 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 take a hundred business cards, you're gonna run out of it by the end if you're doing your job. If you went up to Albany for the Black and Latino Caucus, because the Latinos do their own caucus now, they don't broke away from us. They they separate. They you know they they were with us when every, all this shit was going on. You know the bills and all of that. They were there. Now they doing their own caucus. They wind up sometimes in Puerto Rico. You know different different. They 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 don't need us. And they more or less a lot of them lean towards Republicans. So you know they could play both sides of the fence, which they do, which is a good political thing. You know that they do. Uh, but yeah, I don't know what happened to this Nancy Pelosi goddamn thing. And I'm searching for it. But this is the facts in the Porcupine Podcast. People coming back from Albany. It was a big lobby day today. And they really, really went up there on behalf of the children. They really went up there, you know, and um, try to, you know, be heard. And that's what it's all about, you know. And I commend them for that, you know, because it's a long day. You know, some people had to take off of work, you know, and and go up there and and make sure that what, you know, you, you, you know, what they've been doing is either correct or they you can make tweaks to it. You can tell them, you can actually offer some information to the legislators who may not have taken it or thought, because you got to remember, there's, they're, they're pulling on their side. The people are really trying to get their point of view. And for the, the squeaky wheel gets the oil, you know, whoever's up there and, and really going at it and giving them some time, you know, and letting them know that what they are, what, what they see is not working, what can be implemented to give them a help a better way of seeing something before they pass legislators, legislation. That's always a good thing, you know, because people are involved. And a lot of times when people, you know, new bills are passed, what was that? Well, why'd you pass that bill? Uh, unless the elected official has his own reasons or her own reasons, then, you know, that's a done deal. Or they may pitch a bill or something that they see that can make things a whole lot better. So it's all about going up and lobbying. And I'm quite sure not one person on that bus gave anybody no money. That's not the type of lobbying they're doing. They're not coming up there with a little purse. You got people that are coming up there that put you in office. 
and there is a responsibility to them. You know, you just can't take that vote. Go up there, wheel and deal, and forget about your constituents. And I'm not saying they do, but there's been times where some of the bills that they sign on, it's detrimental to their family, to other people, other districts. So they're giving them an earful of, inf you know, like just helping them out with it and letting them know this is, this is like, hey, we don't, we don't think this is going to work for us. And nine out of 10, if they've got a valid point, more than likely you can get them to change their position. But you got to be there. You got to bring the evidence. You have to make it, make it make sense. And things change. But without going, without being involved, without doing anything, you can have a situation where people are getting what they want because you're not going up there or you're not being heard and allowing you to get your point of view in and to get your conversation looked at. This is the facts in the Porcupine Podcast. We are really, you know, like, when you do in podcasting, ladies and gentlemen, everybody should have one. And, you know, you're not, I don't have an engineer. I don't have all these fancy things. But you never give up because I believe I found what I want you guys to hear. Take a listen. So they don't want us to see that contrast. So they focus on something else. And it's a diversionary tactic. It's a self-fulfilling process. You demonize, and then you, it, we call it the wrap-up smear. If you want to talk politics, call it the wrap-up smear. You smear somebody with falsehoods and all the rest. And then you merchandise it. And then you write it. And if they see it's reported in the press that this, 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 and this. So they had that validation that the press reported the smear. And then it's called the wrap-up smear. Now I'm going to merchandise the press's report on the smear that we made. And it's, it's a tactic. And it's, it's, it's self-evident. But I think I'm worth the trouble. You don't that, Reggie. Did you guys get that? That's the Speaker of the House, the ex-Speaker of the House. Telling you. And, and I, I would never even imagine somebody in that position when Trump is going around saying fake news. When other people, excuse me. another podcast I wonder why they take commercial breaks and facts experience so here's, here's what I, when I heard that it bothered the shit out of me you can demonize as she stated once it hit the press as she stated like the press validates this fake lie You understand what I'm saying? Somebody said something about you. 
that is totally not true. It gets to the press. And they should be sued. You just heard the tactical ways that they demonize you. So they don't want them to see that contrast, so they focus on something else. And it's a diversionary tactic. It's a self-fulfilling problem. You demonize, and then you, it, we call it the wrap-up smear. If you want to talk politics, we call it the wrap-up smear. You smear somebody with falsehoods and all the rest. And then you merchandise it. And then you write it, and if they see it's reported in the press that this, 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 and this, so they had that validation that the press reported the smear, and then it's called the wrap-up smear. Now I'm going to merchandise the press's report on the smear that we made. And it's, it's a tactic, and it's, it's, it's self-evident. But I think I'm worth the trouble. I'm not happy about that. I don't need to run it again. I think you got the message, the wrap-up smear, you know, demonizing you, doing all this craziness. So for that ride home, I think we got a little bit of time left. Let me find one of these incredible episodes that you guys will be enjoying. Uh, I know that a lot of times people have a lot to say. And most of the time, you would never know why they're saying it. And let me do these important shout outs. We don't take any money. We don't get anything, but we are shouting out the people's committee to save interface. And that's Cassidy McFadden who's organized that. I want to thank Stephanie. I can't see. I don't want to blow up her last name, but Steph, thanks for coming on. Uh, uh, we got, we got a wonderful, wonderful young lady that has really been really cool with me over the time and I'm shouting her out. Cassie always supports us with the Christmas, you know, um, Halloween events, but it's Black by Design. Black by Design. B-L-A-C-K-B-Y-D-E-S-I-G-N-1-1-3. Instagram. Black by Design is a beautiful homemade and custom-made designer merchandise for all occasions, birthday parties, anniversaries, retirement, family reunions, baby showers, rest in peace. She can put something together for you because that's why she's black by design. It's a very, very, a lot of women this year, ladies and gentlemen, they were out at the Winter Wonderland at Restoration. Don't you dare miss that next year. That was one of the largest downloads you know, we got Brooklyn Bloom, you know, another flower, Florence. You know, I'm not good at it. I'm learning. I'm getting it right. And, um, you know, we got, uh, my God, I don't even remember my own sister's information. I don't care. She's going to get mad at me. I don't care. Uh, Cajun is mine, herbal and tea. You know, you got these people that really came out. But I, I had, you got the great George Theater. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, don't sleep on Staten Island. They renovated that theater. I saw Tracy Morgan out there. I've never heard somebody curse so much in my life. He took it to the next level. So, you know, the great George Theater out in Staten Island, man, they got a wonderful, wonderful, you know, theater out there. And it goes like this, www 
S A, excuse me, www.stgeorgetheater. So I'm going to spell it out for the people that are around the world because we're all over the place internationally. It is www.stgeorgetheater.com. That's a great George Theater. And let's not forget our Billy Holiday Theater, Bethany Stuyvesant restoration they doing a great great things over there and you know we got so many wonderful people you know that is really really doing right now i got a business card here it's called senior male chaperone caregiver christopher roberts if you got anybody that needs assistance you know what we got a lot of people with dementia you know if you ever have the um the alert you know, the Amber Alert and all the alert for emergencies. We have too many people that are wandering away from home and getting lost. Either they're not on their meds or whatever, but this gentleman, senior male campaign caregiver, Christopher Roberts, 516-523-4195. Now, like I said, we really just, you know, we shout out people. You got to check everyone out including my platform don't be naive and we did some food things where the taste of cats versus uh pastrami queen and who got how you like your pastrami i'm gonna tell you son it was a tough tough call and you know they both bring one is habitualist you know the rabbi comes in and blesses his food so there's a difference you know but it was great. They treated me great. I ate, I love pastrami. I don't eat it all the time. And for you vegans, I'm sorry. You know, they got this therapy party, after party. You know, I don't know them, so I'm not going to pump that. And, uh, but I got to be honest with you. You got a great episode on the facts of porcupine with Tony Vera. If you have in a list a situation with relationships, he says, love, relationships, life, purpose. He keeps you guys together. It's a work. He has a work. It's got four. I think he's got over a million and something down, uh, followers, something, some show he did that he had almost three point something million people on there. But he seems like a great guy. I met him at the House of Pain, you know, how I met him at Sharpton's event and he came on. He's a guest speaker. It was a great conversation. It's on the podcast and I got to help you out because I can't just say go check him out and don't have what it takes to find this gentleman. But his show was, we had a lot of people tuning in on that. Uh, it was just that good that he was able to come on and give us a great conversation. Equity, Sagittarius, both interesting people, great friends. He wants to be appreciated. Ladies and gentlemen, the facts in the porcupine logo the porcupine was created by this young man. The young lady, we gave her family. Before I ran this conversation, I gave a round of applause for the mother and the father. The parents of these two young people are incredible. These two young adults, you got to listen to that show. It's incredible. It touched my heart. That's my favorite show. They did my porcupine. They were in the park. She had purple hair. Okay, it's a beautiful they're the best of friends and how many people out there got friends that are more than five and six years 
And then you got the FedEx conversation. How many people could lost their package? How many people been waiting at home for FedEx to come and make a delivery? You're in the house. And they leave a note on your door telling you that your package attempt was made. You and your mother are in the house waiting for the package. And you don't get it. Oh, he said, have, well, we can do it like this. FedEx customer says, that's how I started. Play the delivery game. It's called the ding dong ditch. I mean, it's crazy how this young man had to go and pick up his package at Walgreens after paying for special delivery. It's a short one. It's a good one. And it matters. Hey, you know how many people come to the United States for the American dream? Well, these two families both own hardware stores directly across the street from one another. But one is moving further away and the other is in its glory. But the one that's moving a couple of blocks down is moving closer to their people, their customers. It's a win-win situation. But guess what? His father, her father, he was in the Russian military. So it goes like this, the episode from Russia to Pakistan. Her dad back then was a dentist. They come and it goes, we're here. They made it to the United States of America and business is great. So they're the largest hardware store on Fulton Street in Bed-Stuy, from what I know. And they're moving after 40 or more years. And that old slogan, daddy's little girl, from 12 years old to this day, she has never left her father's side. Incredible. And when they did come to the U.S., they were in Ohio. And you know, this man was in the Russian military. He got bored. It was too quiet. He said it was the best life, but he wanted action. So he came to where? Queens, New York. What else did he do? He opened the business in Bed-Stuy. Got robbed twice. It's a long one. It's a good one. And it's crazy. Guyanese family. Guy, from Guyana to America, street vendors. They were one of the very first few street vendors. We go, we're go. we talking about 1980. He's involved with everything that has to do with Bedford Stuyvesant and Crown Heights, just about. He is a part one and a part two of that conversation. What you're going to have with that particular conversation, you may hear some things. We never edit. Everybody coming in the hardware store. Part two at the end is a Great conversation. And let me, I slipped up and said that the people from Kakakistan, they're Russian. I mean, they're, they're, they're Russian Jews, but they're a three-tier Jew. You ever hear of that? That means they don't follow all of the orthodox tradition because they work. And their big customer base is on Saturdays. So they are really not doing the right thing as Jewish. And as she stated, her mother didn't really keep a real kosher Jewish home because they were busy. So, you know, you got to listen to it. It's very enlightening. Now, here's another one. He, interesting, follow Marcus Garvey. He's a Garvey knight. And if you ever listen to this guy named U Dr. Umar, I've never met a Garvey knight. And you know damn well I wanted to know. Great guy. Very interesting guy trying to compete and cope with the American lifestyle because he's got two daughters. His daughter's name is Unique, and he demands the teacher to call him by his daughter's name. And here's another thing. He came from Africa, went to Mongolia. 
it's a great conversation. Something that you want to, like that bus ride, you guys are coming back. Cut on that podcast, give us a like, give, follow the podcast, it's crazy. These episodes are about your fellow man, your fellow female. It's great, but the but I got to tell you, we did one on woke transition, conversion therapy, but the woke one, Jada, at 16, my name was Sam. I asked my Southern grandfather, what should I do? Well, the grandfather, who's a Southern man, just told his young grandson, I only know two sex. Whatever one you pick to be, be the best. So Jada has transitioned in a 10 year straight relationship with a gentleman. It was a four hour podcast, I think, broken up into two segments. She had was trending the longest download. It was some months back when the woke thing was being, what is a woman? What is a man? And Jada's not really into that type of stuff. But then the second conversation was the complete transformation, the surgery, gave up the doctors, the procedure, how it, and did it all on its own. You know, got to where the organs were changed, things were cut, you know, all of that. And that was riveting in a 10 year relationship surgery was successful so it's surgery success jada incredible unbelievable i asked a question because i was in the post office and doing some stuff and this guy came in he was like kind of interesting he had all this black paraphernalia you know i wanted to know so i was already talking to somebody and he interjected himself into this conversation. But prior to getting to that one, you got one of the most famous bakeries, Abdu, bean pie and, and right next to the mosque, the Muslim mosque. They have been in business for decades. They're on their wall in their store, that bakery, all award-winning proclamations, May Awards. When they came out, they were hitting it hard. And as you may know, back in the days in Crown Heights Bed-Stuy, you had drugs run down streets and the Muslims got together. They started patrolling the streets, taking the streets, giving the drug dealers a hard-ass time, got a mosque, started opening up businesses. Boom. Fulton and Beffitt hot as can be. So that bakery, the bean pies are incredible. The sweet potato pie is just as good. And is Abdul been there for decades. Community, violence, crime. What will it take to end it? So I was being a porcupine. I started out by saying, why do black people shoot each other? And people can get angry. I don't give a shit. Other people kill each other. I get that. But I remember when Cuomo's father when he was the governor, when John Gotti and all of them dudes were rubbing each other out in broad daylight on the street, they had a fucking conversation with the Italian community. They sat those guys down, the mobsters, and you have never, ever seen a rub out in broad daylight after that man had a conversation with those people. 
because it was making the Italians look bad. It's perception. And we got the same damn problem in our community. We got to find a way to talk to these guys. It's not what you do, it's how you do it. And we're not condoning murder. We're not condoning selling drugs. But God damn it, you kill the quality of life. Nobody, there. Are, I got to be honest with you, what makes me so freaking mad. When I walk down the block, you know, everybody's got this like, this little tie, you know, like, you make eye, talk, eye contact with me 99.9% .9 of the time I'm going to say hello to you. I don't care if you're white, black, green, or orange. Sometimes you got to really be careful who you say hello to. Because I had said hello to a guy and the guy started asking me for money and following me behind. I took out a bucket to and I gave it to him. But at the same time, I'm a guy. You know, I'm not saying. And there's some women that can fight. They take his first aid and all that. You do need to have something because there's a lot of shit going on. So he, you know, we we just started talking. And different perspectives, they came, you know, the slavery is going to come up and this and that. And we get that. It's traumatizing. That Willie Lynch and Jim Crow psychological warfare was a mother. Because you got other people thinking that they're better than other people and they didn't do shit to make the world or the planet better. And it's like the gentleman that did the Marcus Garvey, he was black. He's in, um, what is that? Mongolia, not Mongolia. Uh. Oh my God, I'll find it. That country that he was in is a Spanish speaking country and they treated him like shit. So when they come from Spain, Spain, um, not Morocco, not, not Argentina. I'll, I'll get it. Well, he was going through the shit way back then that they don't like blacks. And now he's in the United States and he has not changed his roots the way he was raised. He said, I said, what is a Marvy? A Marcus Garvey, Marvy Knight. He said, think black. And he gave us an incredible conversation about voodoo, tradition, tribalism, and not Angola. Not, oh my God, I did a show with a guy. I'll get it because it's coming down the line. But nevertheless, hey, this young man got married in Yemen, married a Yemenese, now they're here in the United States. He still thinks. They, I don't think anybody's paying attention to the, the basic laws. He wanted to know if you can marry your own cousin. Because I've been doing shows on Africa, Yemen, Sudan, you know, just talking to people because that's the population around here. And I'm moving around. Well, he married his wife. And if, as Muslim men, you are allowed to have more than one wife. And these young Muslim women ain't going for that shit. They're not having it. They're not having it. They're not going to allow you to have that. So that's something that uh, I was kind of surprised about. But she wasn't going for it. I had ran into somebody from Saudi Arabia. I mean, no, where is her interview? We're going to find it. Flatbush. Nope, we got to find it. Well, anyway, this young lady came from Dubai. She happens to be Muslim, right? And I did find it. That's the Garvey Knight, Big Brother Heart discount. Oh, wait, no. And she says, as a Muslim woman, I guess she had a child. And she made it very clear to me because we were talking. She was at work, so it was really hard to get it in. She doesn't listen well. <laughs> you know what that means, right? 
a Muslim woman who doesn't listen. She says, no, 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 I was in Dubai, I miss it. She wants to go back. She wants to go back because, like she said, she has a son, she's not married, but she doesn't listen. She's not the type of person, as she stated, beautiful, she doesn't listen, I got it, that she's going to listen to a man. She's independent, she wants to work, and take a listen, because I thought it was cool. And they were working, so the boss, he gave me a little bit, and then after five minutes, he got, hey, you got to go, you got to go, and I was cool with that. Here we go. Your country again is what again? It's called, people know as Burma, it's called Myanmar. Burma, but it's known as Myanmar. Known as Burma, uh -huh. called Myanmar. What kind of life is that over there? Is it a Muslim country? No, it's a Buddhist. A Buddhist? Yes. You're Buddhist? No, I'm not. Oh. They are Buddhist, but I'm born Muslim. You're born Muslim? Yeah. Um, what's nice about it? Yeah. Well, this is the facts in the porcupine. I'm asking the young lady some questions because I've never heard of Burma. And he's the main man right here. That's the boss. Is he from Burma? Where are you from? He's I'm from Yemen. I, my friends are all from Yemen. Yeah. I live in Bestai. I just did a, I did a talk show. I do a talk show. And I was asking the father. His two sons just got married. One of them, he's a little crazy, but he asked his mother to pick the bride. She picked the bride. And then the brother married the uncle's daughter. How long have you been here? Yeah, this is, I'm on Rutland Road in Brooklyn, New York, United States of America. This man, I come to this hardware store. My aunt owns the business over there. You come and you do all the notary. We do all your notary over there. Yeah, yeah. And you're from Yemen. I never knew you were from Yemen. Wow. Do you miss it? Miss what? Your country. country? Yeah, that's too much problem now. What's the problem over there? Ten years they've been fighting. Ten years. Who are you fighting with? Each other. It's 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 within within. People the, they call themselves Hochi. Hochi. They call them Hochi. Yeah, Hochi. The Hochi rebels. Yeah, Arab. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they fight for them all this time. And it's been fighting on for a lot of years. Yeah, ten years. You're a successful businessman. You know that, right? You're very successful. Well, you work hard. Say that. I am going to say that. You've been on this block for almost, what, 40 years? Yeah. yeah. When did you open up this store? Oh, this, this one here in 87. You know, when I came here, I was walking by and said, I got to make keys, and I didn't see the door. But when I came in, I saw her. I was like, wait a minute. Did they sell the business? Because, you know, your son, you got, you got your other son. So, Wow, and that is a Buddhist country. So do you, so, so, how did you get into this business? Come on now. Hey, let's have a wall back. What are you talking about? Yeah, I know. I'm going to get to well, it. Well, you look good, though. You I, I used to do in the supermarket. I in my supermarket for mine. Really? $3.99. Three ninety nine. Yeah. The AM supermarket, you had that search here. Oh, Really? I've, I've uh, associated with you, Well, I didn't know that. My yeah. aunt owns the, um, Wilhelmina. You know Wilhelmina. Yeah. The, the real estate. On yeah, this I, side. I was here before yesterday, yeah. You were in there yet, the other day? Yeah, before yesterday. He's got to do the documents for the, yeah. the notary. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually going over there to say hello to them. So you got three cents. So you like this country? No, I hate it. Wait a minute. You want to go back home? When you, when you go back, you want to go back to Dubai? Dubai. Really? Yeah, inshallah. One day, inshallah. Inshallah. Look at me. I was going to become a Muslim. Yeah, yeah. It's hard. 
It's hot. For me, my uncle's an Iman. Okay. I'm American, so I'm, I'm from the South. So you, what do you don't like about here? It's the people, the lifestyle, the expensive. Because Dubai is nice. Yeah. You got spoiled. <laughs> is your mom over there too? Nobody there now. Before I was there now, there is nobody. What did you go to Dubai to do? Like to work, to make money? No, the place is very expensive. Yeah, it's very expensive. Inshallah, if God agree one day, I'm not sure, but it's up upon his plan. Yeah. Are you married? No. What? How did you get away with that? Usually they marry right away. The Muslim... I'm just a single mom. I'm separated. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. What do you got? One boy? One boy? Boy? One boy with me. How old is he? Eleven. You be strict. Be very strict. Don't let them. Yeah. The school. Have a thirteen-year-old. No, I don't send him this school. You send him to the Muslim. The, the, Muslim school. Yeah, because the Muslim school is on Fourth Avenue. You yeah. don't go to that one. No, we have a Qurani school. Our like. Right, right, Quranis right. School. Will you ever get married again? No, I don't want to marry. Why? No, I don't like to. Because, because I like I I I'm just like very self-involved. Oh no, you very you very very outgoing. You very smart. You very you're not gonna you want to be treated equal. No, because every man. So in our religion, we have to listen the man. So I can't listen anybody. Oh, I know that. My personality, I uh, listen I, to I listen only God. So I, I can't I, marry. Look at me. I'm looking right at you. I spoke to a lot of Muslim women and a lot of them in my neighborhood. Bangladesh, all of them, and the men, they're like... No, it's weird. It's a choice. God doesn't tell you you have to marry. It's a choice. Uh, yes. Well, you heard her. <laughs> and you heard him. And you know what's really been bothering me, too? You know, she did. A lot of people. another podcast Porcupine and Facts Experience. Awesome. He was pretty. Very aggressive. We're going to leave you with that last one. This is the Facts. I hope you guys are riding safe coming in. Thank you guys for tuning in, logging on, listening. We have some incredible, incredible, incredible episodes. No, uh, we continue to uh, provide you with the best ethical, honest, platform. New York City education system. Oh, they may want to listen to that one. This teacher said, Title One, Pay to Fail. Got some educators on that bus. Oh, it's another podcast with the Porcupine and Facts Experience. Welcome. Sip through that. that Listen to all these episodes. Get to know one another. Stay well. Drive safe. We thank you. We love you. This is the Facts and Porcupine Podcast out of the United States. America is the most respectful school. We want to thank you all of you guys for these downloads and likes. Stay safe. Stay well. Peace.